crowd of the news cycle these days can be relentless. Let us help you with that. I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings, host of The Big Story, Canada's most interesting daily news podcast. Every day, we stop that news cycle in its tracks and examine one big story in depth, something that matters to Canadians. You can find The Big Story every morning for free at Frequency Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Find your frequency. As long as you're not driving or something, I want you to close your eyes for about 10 seconds and just listen. That is the sound of the end of winter. That's the sound of all of us making it through the past few months with our hope intact. It is the sound of better things to come. I mean that as a metaphor, because baseball and spring are always intertwined, but I also mean it literally. In Florida, right now the Blue Jays are playing spring training games. That means that spring is almost here. I know not everybody loves baseball, or even really cares about it. But regardless, you know when it happens on the calendar. And you know what happens next. Better things are coming. And now, literally, those sounds that you heard were the sounds of Blue Jays players hitting and throwing and catching. And if you do care at all about baseball, even a little bit, you likely know that the guys who are doing that hitting and throwing and catching this year are better than they were last year, when they were actually a very promising young team. So literally, on the field, better things are coming. This winter was hard. This whole past year has been incredibly hard, and it's not over yet. But we're getting there. We're closing in on the finish line. And this is what that sounds like. Jordan Heath-Rawlings. This is The Big Story. And if you stick around until the end of today's interview, we will play you a full two minutes of glorious, beautiful baseball springtime sounds. Stephen Brunt is a writer, an author. He's the co-host of Writer's Block on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. And he's been covering baseball for a while. A lot of spring trainings. Hello, Stephen. Hey, Jordan. How you doing? I'm doing much better than I was uh, about a week ago when there were no baseball games being played. It's hopeful. Yeah, it's funny how that works, isn't it? It uh, no matter what the circumstances, uh, and Lord knows these are circumstances uh, that you can you can look at something happening far away in a very different place, um, and what, games that don't count, that don't matter, and still feel revived and feel that the world is turning on its axis and that the seasons are progressing as they're supposed to and that they're that hope abounds it is all cliches apply when it comes to spring training well that's why we wanted to talk to you i mean you've done this a few times now what what does spring training do to you what does it mean to you i i think it is it's that it is that sense of kind of of continuity I, the first time i went to spring training was many many years ago i was thinking about this the other day uh 
I was sent down to write a magazine profile of Jimmy Williams, who had just taken over as the manager of the Toronto Blue Jays uh, after Bobby Cox left. So that Bobby Cox left after the 1985 season, and uh, which the, the first time the Blue Jays made the playoffs, and Jimmy Williams came in. So it was that off season. So I, 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 I forgive me for not being able to do the math, but a long time ago. But <laughs> and and the, the the most amazing thing is I and I haven't been there every year since, but I've been there a lot of those years since and i think what's kind of startling is how little has changed um you know there are aspects of it have, have changed and the stadium's changed a little bit and um, things around baseball have changed but that the ritual of you know a bunch of ball players kind of gathering in the sunshine and stretching and playing catch and taking batting practice and doing kid stuff that that hasn't changed one bit and i bet it you know that's so that's you know 30 years and I think if you went back 30 years before that or 30 years before that, it probably pretty much the same. Well, that's what I was going to say next is just that, you know, it's not even 30 years ago. Like this link between baseball and spring and rebirth is something that the most famous sports authors in the world have been waxing poetically about for, you know, more than 100 years now. Yeah. Well, we'd like to get out of the winter. I think that's part of it. You know, like all of Fair. us love it, right? Cause we're, we get first crack at it. We get to leave wherever we are in, in February and head to somewhere that's much nicer. And so there, that is, it's a great ritual for sports writers. Look, let's, I'm going to be honest about it. It's, it's not the toughest gig in the world. They, they play exhibition games. The players are friendly. Everybody, the teams are undefeated. There's no pressure. It's the easiest time to talk to people and interview people. The pace is leisurely. You know, I think the longest stretch I ever spent down in Florida at the Jays complex was about was almost a month one year. And it's the same day over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's yeah, there's a reason why we like it personally and there's a reason why we like it professionally because it's it's a time to you know get to know the players, get to know the coaching staff, the manager on an, in a less formal way, um, in, in a less pressured way kind of understand the team coming together and you know look some years you go down there and you know the team's got no hope to be good but you know maybe you're seeing players who will turn up in two years or three years some years you go down there and the expectations are really high and uh it's it's very exciting that way and you know there are disappointments and there are happy surprises as the season plays out but for that stretch when you're in florida or arizona it's you know it's all good news really you know somebody might get hurt but otherwise there's there's no bad news Well, we're going to talk about the Blue Jays and high expectations in just a second. But it's interesting because, you know, you mentioned that the players are in a good mood because they're undefeated. And, you know, we played um, some clips off of the top in the intro that are just um, some sounds that our producer Ryan Clark put together of just bats on balls and balls hitting gloves. And, you know, I wonder if it feels that way for the fans too. You know, there's something about just being able to listen to the game or see the game or think about it without like, oh crap, we're 3.5 games behind with 27 games left and we got two series against the Yankees and this is just like, just watch them play. Yeah, I think that I think that is part of it. I think that is part of the pleasure. And seeing, you know, seeing the, a, a kid who you, whose name you've heard, uh, you know, a prospect who's going to be playing somewhere in the low minor leagues is the season but there there he is there's that's what he looks like or uh, a veteran player trying to hang on and make the team or you know any there are all kinds of there there are very few consequences you know there's nothing hanging over your over anybody's head at that point now there look there are jobs to be won and jobs to be lost among the players that's that part's 
actually, you know, can get a little more uh, intense as, the, as you get towards the end of spring training. But to sit there, you know, if you're lucky enough to be there and sitting in the stands as a fan in the sunshine, uh, yeah, it's just, you really, with a beer in hand, um, watching a game play out, they sub in a bunch of players who are unfamiliar about halfway through. There's really, uh, you don't have to care in the world, right? There's nothing, there's nothing to get tense about, nothing to be nervous about. Uh, you can have a nice baseball conversation with the person next to you. And, uh, you know, you can even look, if you're tired of it, you can even leave in the sixth inning and probably not miss too much. Right. It can't hurt this year for uh, fans really feeling the hope and, and the return of spring around baseball that, I mean, the Blue Jays have a team worth getting excited about for the first time in a real few years here, right? They absolutely do. Yeah, this is a real, this is a fun time if you're a fan, is is watching a team just starting to put together the foundation of, of a team that could could win a World Series. And you know, Chase fans have ha- had a rough ride since the, the, the 2015 and 2016 were great, you know, back in the playoffs and very exciting and, you know, the bat flip game and all of that. But, you know, those were old teams. They were, they weren't sustainable. And, uh, this, this pro, the process since the five year process has been, you know, kind of taking apart that old team, um, letting some familiar faces go, which wasn't fun, you know, watching the end of careers or guys go and play in other uniforms. Uh, hearing about players that have been signed, players that have been drafted, and and while they progress through the minor leagues, suffering through some you know, pretty a couple of pretty awful major league seasons, seasons that were, you know, as bad as some of the very early years when the Jays were coming out of as an expansion team. But, you know, here's the payoff that suddenly you've got you've you've got a group of young stars. Uh you have some big free agent signings, your Ryu last year, uh George Springer this year, Marcus Semyon. They've they've gone out and spent money aggressively in the in the off season. There's a sense of confidence, and you know they're coming off, albeit in a weird the weirdest season of our lives, uh, a 60 game season with an expanded playoff format. The Blue Jays did make the playoffs last year. Tell me about that team a little bit because that was kind of a glimmer of hope. And look, last summer was not easy either. The whole last year hasn't been easy, but that was a nice little 60 game. Like, oh hey, something might be happening here. Yeah, exactly. It it was it was a, a kind of a preview. And I if the game look if they had played a normal 162 game schedule last year, I don't think the Jays probably would have been in a play, in a normal playoff format. I'm not sure they would have been in a, in the playoffs. I don't think they would have been. But that, uh, but the 60 games kind of you know was a small sample size. There were you know two more teams in the playoffs in each league, so that gave them more of a chance. And you know, but they got some really encouraging performances, especially from, you know, again, players who are just starting to become what they're going to be. And, you know, there's a lot of confidence. It's a very confident team. It has the kind of confidence, the unshakable confidence of, uh, of youth. And, uh, you know, I think all of those things put together in that it, it, it just was like a little appetizer. And, and you, you know, you don't come off that and say, boy, they're on the verge of winning a World Series. But you could look at it and, you know, and realistically, you know, without deluding yourself, say this, this is going to be a good, this is a good team. And, you know, people in baseball are talking about Bo Bichette and, and Nate Pearson and, uh, Vladdy Guerrero Jr. and Kevin Biggio, some of the young players on this team. Like it, there's a consensus around baseball. It's not just a Blue Jay fan thing that they, they are on the road to something pretty good. And then I guess over the winter, we saw something which, 
Um, had happened a little bit the previous offseason, but certainly I think lots of Jays fans would tell you doesn't happen often, which is um, management looked at the timeline maybe and looked at the performance of those young kids and decided to just push. Yeah, it's interesting because not, not just management, but ownership, you know, uh, right. stepping up and, it, you know, going against the grain of what was happening in the baseball business every, almost everywhere else. Because, you know, again, remember, baseball's coming off a 60-game season, um, th- no fans in stands except in the playoffs, just a handful of fans in the stands for the playoffs. So incurred they incurred the same cost. They got their television money. Uh, but they didn't sell any tickets and it was a terrible financial year for, for the sport. It just like it is for, for everyone, about, for everyone. Right. But, you know, but, but heading into this off season and heading into the 2021 season, there's still loads of uncertainty about, you know, are they going to have any ticket revenue this year? Are you going to have some ticket revenue? Uh, so most organizations in baseball just pulled in their horns and said, we're not going to spend. And, uh, so the, you know, the normal, very active free agent market was really flat this year, except for a handful of teams, and the Jays were one of those teams. And I'm, I, and there was a little preview of it, as I alluded to, you know, with Yunjin Ryu being signed the, the year before. That was kind of a declaration that the organization felt it's time to start augmenting these young players with what we can get, some players we can get in free agency. But going out and getting George Springer, who you know the the best position player really available this off season. You know, that, that was a, that was a big statement and, uh, a show of faith, you know, show of faith from ownership and, and a show of faith from management in terms of where they, how close they think the team is. Tell me a little bit about, uh, the two key offseason signings. You mentioned Springer, uh, there's also Marcus Semyon and how they fit in to this team, uh, both in terms of on the field, but also in terms of, uh, what they're building, because that's something that, uh, the GM, uh, has spoken a lot about. Yeah, it's they they they're both really interesting signings. George Springer, you know, who is a long term, you know, signed a long term deal with the team. Um, he was a member of the the Astros team that won the World Series. Of course, you know, there was the the, the scandal with the Astros team. He was a member of that team as well. Uh, a center fielder, which the Jays didn't really have a very you know one of the most important defensive positions on the field, along with shortstop. It's it's a it's a big deal to have a a good defensive. Uh, center fielder. He's a very good defensive center fielder, but a, a great offensive player, natural leadoff hitter. You know, one of the best offensive players in the game, and also a guy who, you know, they I think they like his makeup a lot. They like the kind of person he is. They like what he's going to bring to the clubhouse, the confidence, the experience of being in a winning organization. Uh, you know, all of those intangibles. I, and I know it's easy to dismiss them, but every. Every organization that I know of and just every sport that I know of is, is looking for, you know, talks about culture these days, the culture in the clubhouse or the dressing room. And, and he's, he brings that as does, you know, and that's also one of the kind of calling cards for Marcus Simeon. Um, he's come, he's come over on a one year deal. So he's, it's not as much of a long term commitment, but a guy who is, uh, a year and a bit removed from being a, an MVP candidate with Oakland. He's, he was a shortstop in Oakland. He'll play second base for the Jays. But shores up the infield defense can't, could be, you know, potentially a plus plus offensive player, a guy who has the potential to hit 25 or 30 home runs. And again, another guy whose clubhouse locker room reputation is, is, is impeccable. Um, he's regarded as one of the, you know, the real good guys and smart guys in baseball. So, you know, that it, it, it means displacing, you know, some of some players or moving players around who, 
you've brought up through the organization. Uh, not, you know, there's not a chair for everybody sometimes when the music stops, but you know, both moves that, you know, objectively, you, you know, will make the team better this year and advance them, you know, some distance towards being a, being a contending team in the American league. You know, it's one thing for, um, Toronto Blue Jays fans to get super excited about what they're looking for going into this season. Um, Lots of them have done that a lot and been disappointed a lot. You touched on it um, a bit earlier. You talked to a ton of people in the game on writer's block. What are they saying about how this team is shaping up? What are the expectations? You know, you talk to the Jays and they say they want to win a World Series um, and great. But, you know, what's the cold analysis on this team? Oh, I think I th- I, th- I think that, you know, they, they their offseason has been, you know, was rated as one of the best, if not the best offseason that any organization had. There's loads of excitement around players like Bo Bichette, you know, and and Vladdy Jr. You know, Vladdy Jr. who hasn't really hit his stride yet, but obviously was one of the most hyped prospects who ever arrive in Toronto. You know, Nate Pearson, uh, you know, who throws an easy hundred miles an hour is you know, one of the best pitching prospects in the game. I, I but I, I think in general, there's consensus that the Jays that the organization has done a really nice job of accumulating young talent. And not just the guys who are there now, but the, another wave to, coming behind them, and then a wave coming behind those guys. That they position themselves, you know, not just to be a one-year wonder or a two-year wonder, but to have to be a consistent contender, which is the hardest thing to do. It's it's you know you can sell out for a year and try and win, um, but sometimes you pay a big big price for that in the uh, in the future, the immediate future. the The idea, you know, what Mark Shapiro, Ross Atkins have tried to do with this team is build something that will sustain where that you're you're a, you're a playoff team every year and you have opportunities to win every year and in the case of the Jays you know when they get back home you know w- what we have seen what they saw what we saw in 2015-2016 is that and, and ownership saw it as well is that if you win in Toronto you can fill that park like this is a big market and you know and you have a national television audience that there's a reward for this and and you know you don't have to it's not theoretical because everybody saw what happened you know that suddenly there's 40,000 plus people in the dome and the TV numbers were enormous so you know you also have the potential to have the cash return from that success which then can fuel keeping that contender keeping your own players extending your young players going into the free agent market when you can like you don't you know you don't want to be a one and done you you want to be yeah. You know, a team, you know, the Tampa Rays do a great job with no money, but, you know, this could be an organization that has, you know, the smarts and the wherewithal and the, and, you know, really good talent development, uh, but also the cash resources to compete, you know, not quite with the Yankees, but with just about everybody else. Well, lastly, just to get back to, uh, the hopes and dreams and return of spring, um, you picture this team uh, next year, maybe because it doesn't look like it'll be this year. But uh, but opening day um, down at the ballpark, and what does that mean to a city that's had a rough ride uh, the last couple of years here? I think a lot of folks are dreaming on that day when you could walk into the ballpark with the crowd. You know, again, remembering if even if you even if you weren't around for the the World Series years, if you were around for the fifteen and sixteen, and remembering what a buzz it was, how much fun it was. That, that kind of excitement around the ballpark, and I am, you know, I'm choosing to be optimistic because I, I think the alternative is not that great right now. But I, I, I would, I think maybe by September, 
you know, maybe there'll be people in the ballpark for a pennant race this year. I, I don't think that's that's crazy thinking. I, you know, there are going to be people in ballparks in the United States. Yep. And uh, you know, if the if the arrows point in the right direction and you can open the roof and it's an outdoor facility and the Jays are in a pennant race, you know, you might be able, it might not be all of us packed in there shoulder to shoulder, but. I think of a, maybe a sunny day in September and the, and the Jays are right there with the Yankees for the American League East. Uh, this might as well have something to look forward to, right? I almost uh, teared up hearing you say that. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen, thank you for taking the time to do this for us. Hey, always a pleasure, Jordan. Stephen Brunt of Sportsnet. The Big Story is produced by Stephanie Phillips, Claire Broussard, and Ryan Clark. I am Jordan Heath-Rawlings. Spring is almost here. Take care of yourself. Enjoy the weekend. Before we go, I wanted to make sure you get a chance to close your eyes, meditate, turn your brain off, whatever it is you do to feel at peace and dream of spring. Here's a couple of minutes. We'll talk Monday. <laughs>